Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 18 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Back again, your favorite host. His voice has finally healed. How's everyone doing out there? Better now that I can hear your beautiful voice again, Peter. Yeah, that's right, man. I miss that sweet, sweet voice. Honestly, going to bed on Tuesday nights after hearing that nice voice of yours, I just put my head on the pillow a lot easier than normal. It's like, you know, I got a Bob Ross shirt on today. If you ever watch a little bit of Bob Ross before bed, I mean, his, his calming little soothing voice is just the best thing ever. So, Peter, it's very much the same thing, man. Painting trees together. That's right. Happy, Happy trees. trees. Yes, sir. All right. Well, listen, from us to everyone out there, we want to wish you a incredible, and everyone's going to think I'm going to say holiday season, not until next week, playoff season. It is upon us. Let's go. Shout out to all the teams that made the playoffs. And if you didn't, it's not too late to start scouting those first round picks. Mm-hmm. Assuming you still have your picks. Oh no. <laughs> uh, but we have a great show for you today. We're going to have reports from around the realm, boom bust. And then in honor of it being the playoffs, it's time to start overthinking every single thing about our lineup. <laughs> so we're going to do a start sit decision uh, that has some of our lineup players, as well as, you know, other ones that we found throughout the community. We're going to be giving commentary and, even asking you guys who we should be starting these weeks. Without further ado, we're going to say thank you for another week of a sponsorship from Game Day Liner. Ring in the Christmas season with the original turf truck bed liner. Sport your team, company, or custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the USA or North Pole, if you're having Santa deliver it. Perfect for tailgates, (laughs) gyms, home offices, or Anywhere you want to rep your favorite logo, each product is pet, party, and work proof. Visit gamedayliner.com and use code DYNASTY21, again, DYNASTY21, all lowercase, to score 15% off your perfect turf truck bed liner. That's code DYNASTY21 at gamedayliner to score 15% off your very own turf truck bed liner this holiday season. What a great gift. That was enthusiastic, Peter. I mean... Your voice is back, your energy's back, and I'm just excited for uh, for you to lead the way today. Oh my goodness, you have no idea. I I was down in the dumps, and I had an incredible visitor this week. Before we get into the show, uh, shout out Max. Max and I saw each other for the first time in a couple months. Max took the, the trek down the old Pennsylvania Turnpike from Ohio to to Philadelphia and, and paid a visit to me and uh, Mario. It really, it was a, an amazing weekend. Went by too quick. The drive, though, man, I was doing it on the way home. I was like, I don't know when the next time I can come back out here is. Like, it's such a rough drive, like six and a half hours by yourself. Like, Christmas Nothingness, music. straight yeah. lines. Straight lines, like cornfields. I mean, it, it, it was tough. But to see you, Peter, it was worth it. Oh, that's, that's nice. And look, he came for the best week of the year, winning in week. Yeah, I had I had to be there for my boys, you know. Hell yeah. All right. We are going to get into the show. Uh, first, we're going to get into our reports from our Around the Realm section. Great enunciation. Oh, boy. It was it was pretty rough there for a second. <laughs> Still, you know, it's like. Still uh, nailed it, dude. I, that's a 10 out of 10. Like after some people wake up from a coma, they can't walk right. You know, after my voice has been gone, I gotta gotta start using it more. Baby make steps. it work right. Baby steps. Yeah. All right. So our first Raven Scroll came in from the terrible, terrible football town, football city. That's probably the worst football city in the world for the last 10 years in New York. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Carter is expected to return for week 15 against the Dolphins. Are we ready to throw him straight in the lineups? for the first week of the playoffs off of his low ankle sprain. I'll repeat low ankle sprain. I don't care if it's a low ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. 
you have to be delusional to throw a Jets running back into your playoff lineup and have your season depend on a Jets running back. As much as I love the town of Michael Carter, and I do think he's a top 12, top 13 dynasty running back, I just there's no chance that I'm throwing him in my lineup this week. I want to wait and see what he gets back. I know, Peter, you're a math guy, and you, I don't really think the math says start the guy after an injury, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what you say about this, but I would feel more comp, confident, I guess, sitting him and playing and seeing what happens from this injury. I, hey, I'm feeling a little bit ballsy, I guess, but I think I'm ready to throw him right in there depending on who I've got. Um, I mean, there depth is just especially at running back there's just absolutely no depth whatsoever and like in certain leagues it's probably insane who you're who you're matched up with at this point like there's just absolutely no health amongst the running backs in the NFL so I think you know given the desperate the right desperate situation I'd do it and I think there's a little bit of room of it uh, for excitement too because Elijah Moore's on IR and I think you know he was demanding a pretty large target share there for a while um, and, you know, they've seen Carter dominate in the passing game before and do good things for them. So, you know, I, I think those targets got to go somewhere and he's a guy that they could easily go on over to. Um, so, you know, I, just given the right situation. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd start him. Um, I think he's definitely worth a flex given your options. Yeah. Um, I've been back and forth on starting Michael Carter this week as we'll, we'll talk about later. I have a very interesting flex conundrum i'll call it with who i want to start this week against a fellow monarch max in our most important dynasty league it's uh it's gonna be a, a great matchup for all the listeners out there but when i look at michael carter's season that he's had so far in that new england game so starting after the bye 72 percent of snaps uh the following week week eight 70 percent 58 percent 52%. So after that bye week, every single week, the snap percentage declined for some reason that I'm looking at right now. And then in week 11, he got injured. He played basically 30% of snaps before his injury and had seven points. My whole thing is the targets do have to go somewhere, Jace's argument, and Max's argument with the injury and you know him coming off an injury, how's he going to look? I am so nervous with starting him that is going to be a gut check and again i have to follow my own advice so for right now knowing the information that we know today i'll say that i cannot plug him into a flex role mm-hmm. yeah just because of the information we have today if something yeah. comes out that you know let's say another jets running back gets covid or you know, X, Y, Z, or another Jets wide receiver is down and they're down to like practice squad, practice squad, number eight guy. Like there, but I mean, Braxton Barrios is basically a practice squad player. I don't really care which wide receivers are on the field. Um, I do think if Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson were to get COVID, then it would be interesting, but I just, I don't think you can take the risk of starting Michael Carter in a win or go home game, but I'd love for you to take the risk this week, Peter. Yeah. I guess I, I was kind of thinking we might save the discussion until later, but I was kind of thinking if you're going to flex him and you're deciding between him and a couple guys, like I think you need to manage your expectations a little bit and understand where he is, where he's at as a flex. Like if you're going to flex him, you don't really know what you're going to get. You're hoping for a floor with him, right? You're hoping for like 10, 12 points, you know, maybe 14 in PPR, but with the wide receivers, if you're debating on starting him over a wide receiver, you, I think the ceiling's a little higher. The risk is a little higher as well. Um, But you just need to realize, like, he's not going to go for 20 points. Like, I don't think the game script's there for him, especially against Miami, who's been – their defense has been playing out of their minds lately. So, it's a tough matchup. And, yeah, I don't know. I think if you're going to play him, the expectations should just be – I just want him to get me over double-digit points. So, look at your matchup and kind of decide, you know, what do you need out of that flex position. And beyond that, Miami's defense has something to play for now. Definitely, definitely. All right, moving into our second Ravens scroll. How fitting. The Baltimore Ravens are waiting. <laughs> They're in quote-unquote wait-and-see mode. Uh, new verbiage. You know, right. it's, all, it's all recycled, the same stuff, all these different coach-speak stuff. But I've never heard wait-and-see. That They're in wait-and-see wait mode. <laughs> wait-and-see mode with, uh, with Lamar Jackson. Uh, for 
all of those who don't know, Lamar came up with an ankle injury this past week against the Browns. If he misses week 15, what are we expecting out of those offensive weapons? Hollywood Brown, Andrews, uh, that running back field. And uh, who would you be willing to pivot to? I mean, I think it depends if you're in a one quarterback or super flex league um, to answer the second question. But I mean, in a one quarterback dynasty league, you're going to have options there. I mean, they're not going to be good options, but I would feel comfortable starting probably most guys that are on the waivers. Um, but if you're in a super flex league, I'd really be trying to go out and get Tyler Huntley on waivers this week. I mean, he looked good versus the Browns. He supplied Mark Andrews with a great day um, last week. So I think you would need him and you won't know because it's a 430 game. So that's kind of the issue. It's like, you know, oh, maybe he'll test it out, but then you miss all that one o'clock games and then it's too late. So I'd go out and get Tyler Huntley and I feel fine with the weapons with Tyler Huntley too. Yeah, I feel much of the same way. Like, um, you know, with the super flex talk, I think I'd definitely be willing to pick up Tyler Huntley and pivot to him. I think he's fine. He runs the ball quite a bit. You know, he, if he's going to start, I feel like he's going to jump right into that scheme and, you know, maybe plow his way into the end zone a couple of times and just kind of try to do 70%, 60% of what Lamar can do out there. If that, I mean, that might be slander itself, you know, but um, you know, I love Harbaugh as a coach, so I think he'll be able to keep things competitive, especially it's a game they need to win against green Bay. I expect it, you know, it's not a divisional game by any means, but I expect both of these teams to really go at each other. Uh, you've still got Green Bay uh, fighting for that number one seed and home field advantage. So, um, yeah, I, I I feel pretty comfortable starting all the weapons. Marquise Brown would give me a little bit of pause um, just because, you know, I don't know how many targets he's necessarily going to get, how, how great those targets are going to get. Um, I feel like he'd be a little bit more boom bust, but I'd actually kind of be encouraged by Rashad Bateman a little bit, just kind of as, as a nice safety valve uh, for Huntley. I, I don't know what the data looks like with those two on the field together. I know Bateman had a really good pass week. Um, so, you know, maybe that was aided in the Huntley play, but I think I'd have a little bit more optimism for him. Um, but other than that, you know, it definitely downgrades Andrews. It definitely da- downgrades Hollywood. Um, so I don't know. It would just be a bummer situation, but I think both of you guys were pretty optimistic about Lamar. Yeah. Um, something I did want to say before we get into the Lamar talk, I wanted to say congratulations to Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. He is officially the tight end one on the year so far. I don't think yeah. anybody has surpassed Kelsey this far in the season before. Uh, maybe it's a sign of the times, you know, the chiefs offense is figuring out ways to win. That's not in a shootout despite their win this past week, but any Mark Andrews holders out there, you know, we've been saying it from the beginning, he looks really good moving forward. And again, only 26 years old, there's another, you know, knock on wood, another five or six years of being great, uh, out of Mark Andrews, but with Lamar, uh, my pivot, I, 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 I feel like he's going to start and I would feel confident in him to be the starter, but make sure you have somebody later on your bench. If you don't mm-hmm. have somebody that's either playing in that four o'clock window or later, it's not worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those weapons outside of Mark Andrews, they're always a um, CRAP shoot as some would like to say uh, just every single week, whether Lamar's in a quarterback or Huntley. So if you're willing to take that extra risk, then take it. But if you're not willing to take that risk, I'm sure you have more streamlined options on your bench. Mm -hmm. Yeah, real quick, I didn't bring up any real pivots because I think in a super flex, in a one quarterback, I'm trying to find pretty much anyone other than Tyler Huntley. But in a super flex, I think he's going to be fine because I think he's got some rushing upside. But um, Taylor Heineke is uh, questionable this week. He's getting an MRI done on his knee. Uh, but he's lined up with Philly at Philly this next weekend. Um, would you be willing to pivot to Heineke over Kyle Allen or Kyle Allen? Yeah, <laughs> no, not Kyle Allen. Um, but if Heineke were to play, would you, would you prefer him over Huntley? Yeah, I prefer him. Can't okay. have two bad weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about Jared Goff? Mm. Who's, who's Detroit playing? I feel like it's somebody good. Arizona. Seattle. Arizona off the bounce back. Oh gosh, no. I would rather start probably Trey Lance over Jared Goff. <laughs> I think I would. I think I would go Huntley there too. 
Um, but yeah, those were just a couple I had when we were talking about pivots, but I think he, like I said, I've said it three times now, the rushing upside's there for him. So, and he's looked all right in, in the past. So. All right. We're going to move into our last note and I want the trumpets to be blown. Uh, we're talking about the return of the King. If anybody's seen Lord of the Rings, it's a great movie. Derek Henry possible to return in your fantasy playoffs all those Derrick Henry holders on the IR. They see the little light at the end of the tunnel, the little glimmer of hope that he can come in and resurrect their season. Oh, baby. Uh, if Derrick Henry is active, and obviously it most likely won't be this week, but perhaps the following or in your championship round, would you be willing to activate him, let's say, and be let's be conservative and say he gets – a guaranteed 60% of the workload at running back. I mean, it's just a lot of ifs here, you know. What, what's that saying, Peter? If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just – it's a lot of what ifs here. If Derrick Henry plays, if he gets a workload, if the Titans are in a position – Obviously, if you have Derrick Henry, you're going to want him to play, and it's going to be hard to set Derrick Henry. I mean, kudos to you if you made the championship without having Derrick Henry play. Um, and then if you get Derrick Henry back, then I would definitely start him, obviously. Yeah, I think I, we talked about it earlier. There is no depth at running back to go across any leagues. If you've held on to him for this long, if he comes back week 16, he's got San Francisco at home, week 17 Miami at home. I – I can just kind of see the narrative. If he comes back, what if he balls out, helps Tennessee solidify their playoff chances, and then becomes a, you know, I don't know the last time a running back won MVP, but the first long time to win MVP because people were definitely pulling for him at the beginning of the season. So I think I've, I've screwed myself in the past. I've talked about it on the, the podcast before. I once started Brashad Perryman over Cooper Cup and Will Fuller over Julian Edelman in a championship round overthinking myself. Since then, I've always just been um, so dead set on start your studs. So if his name's healthy and he's going to play, I'm rolling with him, baby. He, you know, if you got to the playoffs uh, without Derrick Henry, um, he definitely helped you at the beginning of the season get there. So he gave you a nice lead amongst your rivals um, in the league. So I'm starting him just based on that. Nothing else to be said. It's all about not looking stupid. That's right. Do your best not to look stupid. That's fancy football. Yeah, but you know what? If you make a stupid decision and it ends up working out, then you're a genius. Right. <laughs> That's also the beauty of it. Yeah. All right. We're going to move into our boom bust and get right into our booms this week. Boom shakalaka! In honor of the incredible, incredible Browns win and them being only one game out of first place. You want to talk about ultimate pain, ultimate, uh, ultimate pleasure, ultimate pain. The Browns win this week, getting pulled in close. And then all this COVID stuff coming out with the team, ultimate pleasure, ultimate pain. I feel for you, Max. I'm going to let you decide the order here. Um, this is so kind. I'm going to go with you, Peter. You're going to be in the middle as a punishment. Because punishment for what? For being empathetic? For playing me this week. I need to punish uh, you. <laughs> will start first and I'll go last. That's my preferred order. All right. Well, yeah, I'll kick us right off. And um, this is actually a repeat of last week. It's Amon Ra, uh, St. Brown, or like as we uh, call him here on the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, he is known as Juicy St. Brown. Um, but yeah, last week I was on this podcast saying, I'm not buying the points. I'm not chasing the points. And then a day or two later, DeAndre Swift, who had already been ruled out, um, he was out. Then Jamal Williams, his backup got ruled out. And then all of a sudden TJ Hawkinson didn't play. So I pivoted, I chased the points. I started him in a league. I desperately needed him. And, uh, you know, he boomed once again, he came through, um, those targets in the offense all with all those star studded players out you know, in Detroit terms, I guess, star studded, but their best players being out, those targets had to go somewhere. Um, and he, he really did a nice job with them. 12 targets, eight catches, 73 yards, kind of an empty stat line because he didn't get into the end zone. But if you're in a full point PPR, this dude just absolutely went nuts. 
Um, and, you know, the rest of the season, he's got Arizona, Atlanta, and Seattle. And if those weapons for Detroit continue to miss time, I'm starting Juicy up um, with full confidence that he's going to give you 12 to 14 points. And, you know, we've talked about before, he's juicy. He's short, pint-sized, and ripped to the gills. He's not a huge red zone weapon, so I'm not expecting a lot of touchdowns from him. But we saw it against Minnesota. Maybe he can slip in and give you a nice boost in the fantasy playoffs. But those weapons are out. Start him up. Yeah, I like how you said, uh, you know, the Detroit star players and Detroit. Right. <laughs> a lot of teams, they wouldn't. Swift would probably be a star player on any other team. Hawkinson, potential as well. Uh, Jamal Williams, not so much for me personally. But I just feel like I think we talked on it last week, so I'm going to keep it short. But Detroit's going to be losing in just about every game. I mean, maybe Atlanta, they can get a win, but. No, no, no. It, for anybody out there that likes to bet, Atlanta beats good teams. Atlanta beats bad teams. They lose to good teams. Fair enough. So you're saying what? Just all year. If I think Atlanta is like five and one or or six and zero oh against teams under five hundred, and they have lost every single game to a team above five hundred. Okay. Well, maybe they can beat Atlanta any given Sunday in the NFL. But other than that, Detroit's going to be throwing the ball just about every play because they're going to be losing. Juicy's obviously the best wide receiver there in Detroit. He has a rapport with Jared Goff. I know Josh Reynolds has been coming in there, stealing that rapport a little bit. I would be starting Juicy, and right when the window opens, I'd be trying to go buy Juicy for a late second. I think his value is around that right now, and I think that's a price I'd definitely be willing to pay. Yeah, uh, it's weird that we're, you know, quote-unquote in love with a Detroit wide receiver not named Kenny Galladay or Megatron. I feel like those are the only two guys out of the last, let's say, like 35, 40 years out of Detroit that have been really fantasy relevant. Uh, Amon Ra, the past couple weeks, you know what he's done? He's done what your team needs, Mm -hmm. especially in that flex spot. It's so hard to find consistency in a wide receiver, especially with all these injuries and the COVID stuff going around the league right now that everybody knows about. It's very, very, very hard to find consistency. And you know the targets are going to be there. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I can really appreciate, especially now that he's proved it. Yeah, and especially this week, I'm so jacked for him this week. I really hope Hawk and those guys don't play because Arizona coming off that loss, they're just going to absolutely wipe the floor with Detroit. So um, they're going to be chasing a ton of points. And he's just he's really perfect for chasing points scenarios. His targets are really close to the line. They're really high percentage targets. Even Jared Goff can throw them. Um, and he's, I mean, he's an elite athlete out in the field. I, I mean, he's still a rookie, so he gets chased down and, you know, he'll, he'll learn, but um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot going for him moving forward. Max, he'd definitely be one of my buys as well. Can only go up from Detroit. You know, you can't really go much lower. Than <laughs> this is true. And I'm a Jets fan. Jacksonville. That. Yeah. I, I Jacksonville is definitely lower than Detroit. The Jets. Step up a little step bit. Up. Yeah. Uh, small, think, small step up. It's close. They got Elijah Moore, man. That's excitement right there. Houston might be a step down. Yeah, Houston. I honestly like forget they're in the NFL sometimes. Like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Right. But we're digressing. Peter, you're up. All right, we're gonna move into my boom of the week. Um, I have somebody that we do not talk about at all on this podcast, and it's really criminal. Uh, and you know, I'll take the blame for that. We've this guy has had a top six season so far and i feel like we've barely even spoken about him chris godwin uh while his stat sheet in half point ppr did not light up the world this week at 15.5 total points i'm going to be talking about how he has looked as a whole this season so he's currently the wide receiver number six on the year and against that really stingy buffalo defense he had 15 target 15 targets, 10 catches, and 105 yards. He had a couple end zone shots as well, which would have made his week extra, extra, extra incredible. Obviously, touchdowns aren't a sticky stat, and they're not something that we always want to go by when looking at fantasy players, unless they're consistent in their touchdowns like Devontae or somebody like that over the past couple of years. But Chris Godwin has looked really incredible this season, scoring uh, 19, 14, 16, 7, 10, 6, 21, 24, 10, 16, 3 against Indianapolis, and then 22, 16. And obviously that was 
me running that down pretty quick. But I think Godwin has had an awesome year with Tom. My only problem with him moving forward is the free agency. What do you guys think if he runs into a average, league average offense, if he's still going to be a, let's say, top 12 receiver next year? I mean, we talked on a little bit before the show. Um, my big thing was I just don't think the quarterback situation will get better. I mean, he's had Jameis who doesn't care what color the sky is. If it's rain and turtles, Jameis is going to throw the ball 5,000 times a game. And then Tom's it's rain and turtles. I've never heard of this. Yeah, man. James doesn't really care. He just throws the ball through turtles and Tom, he just is Tom. So there's nothing really to say there. I just don't see the situation getting much better for him. I mean, you can look at every team in the NFL. I think the only team that actually could get better for him is if me, me, I think he has to be paired alongside another great receiver. So and they have to be a good quarterback. I just Green Bay. It, if yeah, Rodgers and Adams stays. If, if Rodgers and Adams stays, then yes. But even they, I still don't think he's going to get the amount of volume that he is getting right now in Tampa there. His volume is insane, getting like 16 and 10 and 17 targets every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's like – when they go pass heavy and Arians is running the system he wants to run, Godwin is – the the thing that makes the offense go like it's all those short little design screen passes where he chugs ahead for seven yards um like they just drop so many plays to get the ball in his hands so i think if he were to stay there and brady retired or whatever um i think he'd still have a really solid role in tampa just because i he has become the thing that makes them go free agency i think he's just a really good wide receiver and just like that potential is just such a nice lottery ticket to have so he's I don't know, like we could argue top five, top 10, but at the end of the day, you want him on your team, I think, um, by no reason. Like at this stretch that he's putting on right now, it's just incredible. So um, moving forward, like I, I just want guys with that much talent. I think guys with talent like he has demand the ball. So I don't think he's really going to have any problems unless he ends up like in Detroit or over somehow ended up with Teddy Bridgewater somewhere. Um, but Max, did you have something? Yeah, I just um, – you talk on, like, his talent and everything, and, like, you obviously want him on your team. But for me, it's like I want him on my team if the price is right. Like, I'm not going to go out and pay top five wide receiver numbers for him. I mean, I, I still prefer Chase, CD, Jefferson, Diggs, Devontae, Ridley, Tyreek. Like, I prefer those seven guys over him at least. Um, that's just off the top of my head. Um, but if the price is right and he's at a good value – then yes, absolutely go out and try to acquire him this offseason. And it's like a mystery box. I know Peter loves the mystery boxes. Ooh, a mystery yeah. box. Yeah. Well, what's thing... your price? Godwin? If you're an owner, you're a Godwin owner, and somebody comes to you and says, I have two first-round picks, would Sold. you take it? Sold. Two. Really? 100%. That man's out the door for two. But I, would do I don't know, more. man. It depends on what class and stuff, but that's – I, I think like he's more out of the least – at least two and more. Now, if you come to me with two first and I had Godwin sold on the spot, if it was 22 or 23, 24, I'm not really interested in. I'll take 22. I'm not even a big fan. I just don't see the situation improving in Tampa Bay that getting better than what it is in Tampa Bay. I mean, you could literally name any NFL team and I don't see it getting better for him. We've seen wide receivers go out and say, Hey, I'm going to be this free agent and go and sign with a new team. Look, Curtis Samuel is here. Trash. Will Fuller, trash. I get Chris Godwin's better than these but guys. They're, he's, they're, he's so much better than those guys. And I, Kenny Galladay, too. He's so much yeah. better than Kenny Galladay. They're pretty similar. They're really not because Godwin's no. always been a volume guy, and Galladay's never been a volume guy. And those guys that aren't volume guys are super touchdown dependent. Who else was a free – I mean, Allen Robinson stayed in Chicago. He's been pretty bad this year. I mean, it's a really hard to go and be a – elite wide receiver and develop that chemistry that you're going to be looking for in the first year. So if I got offered two first, I had a hundred percent sell. He put up a wide receiver two year, then had a dud year and put up is putting up probably a top. I'll be conservative and say a top 10 year this year. Okay. And he's 25. Yeah. Yeah. I think two first is probably like fair market value, but like personally, if I'm like holding him, I just think like you've already seen what he's been able to do on the field. So you're taking a risk with like the rookie class. Like 
you could end up with Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson or something like that. Whereas Chris Godwin, like the talents there, we've seen it happen. I think if he's going to get scooped up by anybody, it's going to be a good team that's competing now and actually needs him. Like, I don't think Detroit's going to go grab him and try to build around him or anything like that. So I think he's just, someone's going to have to pay him after this year, especially the end of the season. But one thing I wanted to say, we talked about Chris Godwin was my boom uh, a long time ago um, when he played new Orleans earlier on in the season, he was especially a boom because he won us some nice money on the prop betting show on his over on yards. He's got New Orleans again, first week of the playoffs. This is where Mike Evans gets clamped by Marshawn Lattimore and Chris Godwin just goes absolutely berserk. Holy crap, Chris Godwin's going to win people some playoff matchups this week and um, foreshadowing a little bit to the prop betting show. We are definitely going after the Chris Godwin 100-plus receiving yards once again. Like He absolutely owns New Orleans. I'm so excited for him this week. I do agree. And it's on Sunday night. And you know, if you know me, you know, I love me some Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, any night, Saturday night, you're going to be at the Saturday night game, Saturday (laughs) evening game, Saturday afternoon. (laughs) It's past the afternoon, but not the night. So whatever you want to call that. Remember, remember our Wednesday afternoon football game last year. It got 15. Very strange. Hey, NFL, your move. I'd do, I'd do it again. <laughs> Yo, I'm down. I'm down. More football during the week. Let's go. Okay. Tuesday night's podcast night, though. They got to they gotta let us have that. This yeah, is true. They, yeah, that, that, this is true. But to uh, wrap up, Chris Godwin, two first. Oh, see ya. One of them to be a. Mm. Jump in some leagues with Max. It's t- it, dude, it's tough sledding <laughs> over here. We have them in Dynasty Monarchy, I'm pretty sure, don't we? We do. I won't, I won't allow this. Jason and I will, will not no. allow this. I would, totally business. <laughs> I would sell him for two first in a heartbeat. We will not allow this in the in the listener league. So all our yeah. listener league guys, sorry. Yeah, right. Unless Max to takes control. You come to me. You, you, my, I will talk to them. Um, but moving on to my boom of the week, it's more sporadic. I don't know what the right word would be. But it's going to have to be a position, you know. It's like, oh, Max, what are you doing? Like, naming a whole position. But that's the defense position. And I really think that if you play in a defensive league with allowed defenses, it is what separates the winners from the losers. I mean, when you look at last week and what it was, I mean, you had the Chiefs who put up 27 points as a defense, 28 the Cowboys 25, the Titans 21, the Browns 16. That's just week 14, you know. That right there is why people win or lose. If one defense puts up 27 and the other defense puts up four, I'm sorry, but you're really you're gonna lose. Peter, would you agree? It would be hard to overcome that obstacle. I'll put it like that. It would be. And I bring up defenses because we're talking about playoffs. And right now I want you guys, I want the listeners, Peter, Jace, whoever's listening out there to go and look ahead. You know, you can't get greedy, but go and look ahead. So if you think everyone's going to be picking up Arizona versus Detroit this week or Minnesota versus uh, Chicago on Monday night, go look to next week and see, you know, oh, who who plays who? Seattle has a really good upcoming schedule. Um, yeah, I think there's a little – there's a one thing I'll bring up. Um, actually, shout out to the Titans defense. They actually, I started them in Mike Vrabel and 21 points from them and I won by one. So shout out Titans defense, shout out Urban Meyer. Um, but the next two weeks, there's kind of some weird sleeper defenses that are definitely going to be available. Um, the Jaguars and the Houston Texans are matched up against each other this week. So, I mean, if you're in a pinch, you could pick your poison with one of those guys that could turn out extremely well. Um, on top of that, I think the Jets, yeah, the Jets and Jaguars play in week seven or week 16. Um, so there's kind of like another the INT bowl. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like these, there are a couple sleeper matchups out there. So go check your waivers, go check what you got. Like, I don't know. You can find a garbage matchup like that and find some value in it. So another thing, like I bring up defenses, but also just make sure all the key handcuffs are all picked up. I mean, if Madison's on the waivers, like, if he gets dropped this week, please go pick him up because he has COVID. Um, you you have to have those guys going into the playoffs. Tony Pollard, obviously, is rostered, stuff like that. But please go get the handcuffs. Look ahead for defenses, and you'll win your league. 
Great tip, sir. All right, time for the snake. Is it snake? Shame. 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 I got lost in the snake, even though I set the snake. You're yawning in this in the snake. Oh, it's been a long day. Um, but not to digress. This might come as a surprise, and I had to argue with co-host Jace <laughs> to get this guy as a bust. But Aaron Jones is my bust of the week. And everyone would be saying, oh, Max, you're, you're crazy again. You brought up a whole category for your boom, and now you're talking about Aaron Jones to a 20 fantasy points as your bust of the week. Is this, is this man okay? And the answer is I'm more than okay. But is Aaron Jones okay? Because <laughs> Aaron Jones, five carries, 35 yards, and, oh, he caught a lucky touchdown, saved his week. Aaron Jones. Make it two. Three catches, Peter. I'm not there yet. Three catches, 30 yards. Oh, and a lucky touchdown that just went over the defender's head, if anyone watched it. And what I'm most scared of is played 45% of the snaps. And no, it's not because they were blowing them out all game. It was a very close game all the way to the final. They got the onside kick and still made it a close game. A.J. Dillon is a very real threat to Aaron Jones. And he plays Baltimore this week, which I do not like that matchup at all. Cleveland, who's been very good against running backs. And then if you can get to Minnesota in the championship with Aaron Jones, I wish you luck because you'll have to pick between Pollard. Oh, Pollard's not on the team. You'll have to pick between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Just not something that I want to pick between, and the snap percentage really scares me. Yeah, the snap percentage is definitely concerning. A.J. Dillon played 54% of the snaps, had 15 rush attempts for 71 yards, averaged 4.73 yards on the ground, so definitely efficient. Didn't have a catch, though, which was nice to see Aaron Jones dominate all that work. But I said this pre-show, I've been talking about it in previous podcasts. I think it's like actually materialized where I was kind of just like playing hypotheticals before. But I think A.J. Dillon is now Nick Chubb. Aaron Jones is Kareem Hunt. Like, I think that's exactly what this is now. Um, And I think the biggest part of the comparison, too, I think Aaron Jones is probably still going to have value. Um, He scored the two touchdowns. Um, I know touchdowns aren't a sticky stat, but like over the past few years, like this dude has been a touchdown machine and they're giving him the red zone work again. So we were seeing it kind of with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt earlier, like Nick Chubb was dominating between the twenties. And once they got there, it was, they brought in Kareem Hunt to spice things up. So I kind of see that playing out the same way. And I think Aaron Jones is now more of a top 15 play. Um, And Aaron, AJ Dillon, like, I know he came up empty like with only seven and a half points because he didn't get in the end zone, but man, like I am so encouraged by him. Like I know uh, Mort was on here earlier talking some doo-doo on AJ Dillon, but like, I can't stand that man. Like he looks absolutely so good out there. The quads are just out there dominating people. Um, got, you know, listen to Chris Collinsworth call him the quad father and stuff. Like I love that. So I want him to get more work. I think he's going to get more work. I think they're both going to be able to coexist because this is great offense. They're getting down the stretch. It's getting cold. They're going to want to run the ball. Um, Aaron's toes banged up. They're going to want to keep him off of that. So I think it's a perfect scenario for both of these guys. Matchups are, are kind of tough, but this is the green Bay Packers we're talking about here. Um, I'm starting both of them. It, you know, it can get, kind of hairy here and there, but I I really like the scenario for both of them. I think they're going to succeed. I I will definitely be starting Peter before you go. I'll definitely be starting them versus Cleveland on, I know Cleveland's got a tough defense, but that game's on Christmas day. And if you know me, you know, I love holidays too. So start set this week. Let's do it. Baltimore, AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones. You were gun to your head. Can I just drop both and lose the matchup on purpose? Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I want the listeners to hear this. Whoever you pick, if you're in this situation, is going to be the wrong one. Yeah, yeah most likely. I, I'll start Aaron Jones because he's Aaron Jones. I don't. It's gross. I don't want no. to start either them versus Baltimore. Nope. I will pick. Hmm. The only thing that I will say. <laughs> This is you, want to take, you know, this is like, this is like, uh, I hate to equate it to this, but this is like the Kennedy assassination. It's like on its surface level, you should be like, okay, Oswald did it. Okay. We're starting mm-hmm. Aaron Jones. Right. But then the more you look into the details of it, the yeah. more in- confusing uh, it gets. Grassy so, Knoll. Yeah. Grassy Knoll. Oh, the mob. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the CIA. Oh, alien. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. like this kind of makes sense. Peter's a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. 
But no, I, I just have no idea who to who to start here. If I'm a betting man, you are. If I'm a betting man, which I am, <laughs> I know that a betting man is usually wrong. Yeah. So eh. the betting man says AJ Dillon. So I'll start Aaron Jones. Oh, okay. I'm looking at betting one man. Thing. The betting man says AJ Dillon because he says Aaron Jones had too good of a week last week, too lucky of a week. Mm-hmm. So I'll start Aaron. Uh, <laughs> I'll start AJ Dillon, and then you start AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones gets seventy percent of the work. I, dang, I was, I'm so. I like that. I like what you're thinking there because that's what I do to myself each and every week. Look too hard at a start sit decision. I'm like, I know this is just going to turn out bad. I've been staring at it for too long. I was looking at um, the weather for the game, hoping it would be like a really cold one in Baltimore. It's going to be 39 degrees, no chance of precipitation, just cloudy. So I was thinking, you know, maybe if it's going to be a cold weather game, give me Dylan um, just because he's the more physical runner. But uh, I'm going to roll with you guys. I'm going to roll with Aaron Jones, I think. I'm going to roll with the name I traded for him not too long ago. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust them. I'm actually just going to start A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the league, but it's because I'm kind of forced to do it. But um, <laughs> but I give me Aaron Jones. Peter, you're up in the snake if you didn't get lost. All right, but I guess we will get into my bust this week of somebody who had a, some would say, killer week. Trevor Lawrence, man. Holy moly. Mm. And I'll say this right now. I'm going to air it out. Zach Wilson had four interceptions in week two against the Patriots. So I have no place to speak from a fandom perspective on my rookie quarterback against this rookie quarterback. I'll say that right now. But Trevor Lawrence has not thrown a touchdown in five weeks now. He had four interceptions this past week against the depleted Tennessee Titans, and the entire offense got blanked. Uh, I know there's a lot of Trevor Lawrence truthers out there. And believe me, I'm one of them. You can't deny the talent. We watched it for four years at Clemson. Sorry, three years at Clemson. What do you guys think is the problem in Jacksonville? Do you think, do you think it's the roster? Do you think it's Trevor or do you think it's Urban Meyer? Oh, Peter. See, this is kind of like a, an English question. If I say the latter, does that mean like the last one? I'll say the yes. latter, meaning the last. So there's mm-hmm. there's the first, the penultimate in this case, which is second to last. Yeah, because last would be latter. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go with the latter here because uh Urban Meyer should not have an NFL coaching job. Um Dan Orlowski went off on a big rant about it today on ESPN. Dan Orlovsky at the beginning of the season loved the Urban Meyer uh, job. Well, these guys go back and forth to keep their job, but neither here or there. The fact that this guy is still a coach is it's it's a it's a joke to the NFL. Um, the fact that this dude thinks that he's still good and that he could coach, go he's back, sit on your couch, deal with whatever heart problem thing that you had going on with and leave the game of football to someone else. You're taking someone else's job just based on your name. You're not good, and you're ruining Trevor Lawrence's career right now. Go off, sis. It's my rant, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, I totally agree with you, man. I think everyone in America currently agrees. Like All the talk shows that I find myself watching during the day when I'm not doing anything, I, that's the only thing that was on after this uh, pretty much honestly since he was you know had those pictures come out of him at the club and stuff so i mean this guy what what an absolute tool man and uh like i think that's probably the biggest part of it like the roster too this is jacksonville we're talking about too like i don't know the last time any of them were relevant like i don't remember the last time we were excited about like anyone sustaining a long career over there. I know we had like hopes for DJ Chark, but it was, you know, wide receiver two hopes and stuff. So I, I think part of it's the roster. I think most of it's urban Meyer, but I think once urban gets out of there and, you know, he continues to grow and mature in the league, he's got all the tools in it. So hopefully all this hasn't worn too much on him, on him mentally. And hopefully Trevor Lawrence still has taken care of his mentals um, and is sound and ready to go. Because I think once urban's out of there, you know, this guy's limp for a kid like that. Yeah, um, I'll take the counterpoint 
where I really think it's the roster. Trevor Lawrence and obviously Urban Meyer is the problem. I'm not saying he's not. And you know what? He does probably, you know, you never talk about another man's job, but, you know, at the end of the season, it is probably likely that he will lose his. And we can hope that's a good sign for Lawrence, but this roster is terrible. I bet some of those Clemson rosters were, you know, quote unquote better. And obviously they weren't, but when you're playing NFL talent with sub NFL talent, it's just, I know that sentence might not have made sense. So I apologize, but you understand the message I'm trying to convey. Trevor Lawrence has never had that kind of talent surrounded him. Like I think in high school, he won every single regular season game. I think, he won every single regular season game in college too. And or like he yeah. lost one game or something like that. He's just the guy that's always been surrounded by so much talent and to have virtually none of it. Like he has Marvin Jones as his wide receiver one. And right. Like what? Uh, when you're comparing that with, with a really good uh, slate of games that he's come across this last month, really tough sledding. It's hard on the kid, man. So I feel bad. I'm not out on him in Dynasty uh, by any stretch. Uh, Like, if you look at Peyton Manning, he took four years and had a really bad rookie year. And obviously, I don't want to make the comparison, but I'm just saying it has happened to somebody Mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. So pump the brakes on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. All I hear is Zach Wilson slander on Twitter. So maybe don't pump the brakes. Let's give some Trevor Lawrence slander <laughs> on Twitter so Zach can have a little break. Yeah. I think, too, next season moving forward, getting ETN and DJ Chark back will actually be, like, big time for him, especially ETN. If you have Robinson and ETN and both of them can catch the ball and, you know, run like the wind and stuff, I think – I mean, I think that team – has really got a shot to be good over the next few years. I mean, not immediately, but they got some nice building blocks. So if, if Lawrence has his himself together mentally, I think it's all going to fall in place a few years down the road. And I think he's going to do it. He came into the league to do. I got, I got nothing else to add. I think urban needs to go. Big facts. So really quick, just to digress for two seconds, as we love to do here, who would your ideal fit be in Jacksonville? Eric B. Enemy. I think he needs good. to get a job somewhere, dude. I'll take uh, Double or Dable. Uh, that offense looks terrible. I don't really care. It's anything. Literally, Peter, I really think I take. <laughs> no, I no, take, no. Give me, give me a realistic guy that you think is going to deserve a head coaching job next year. Doug Peterson will probably get the job. Oh, my God. That's going to be terrible. Peter, like I said, anything is better than. Urban Meyer. Like I'd rather have Matt Nagy as my head coach than Urban Meyer. I really would. One more digression point. This is one of the most amazing Urban Meyer tweets I've ever seen in my life. Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer was asked about Andre Cisco playing more again. He said Cisco is playing a little bit more. I believe I don't have his numbers in front of me. Cisco played zero defensive snaps. So he has no idea who's even playing like what their names are like this guy. Come on. Come on. Doesn't even deserve a high school coaching job at this point. It takes, it takes a lot to be a, uh, a national news story out of Jacksonville. So right. <laughs> takes a lot for that to happen. Yeah. Peter, who do you think? Uh, if I'm a, if I'm a betting man, I could see, I could see uh, Spagnola. Hmm. I could okay. see Spags. He's had a couple great years with, you know, I would say quote unquote below average NFL talent at that defense and always seems mm-hmm. to figure it out. Definitely. And while Jacksonville's offense does need help, I think Spagnuolo is going to be a guy that's been in the league forever, has ties everywhere. Maybe they can grab Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator, get a young guy who actually is going to have quarterback talent to uh, work that offense into a, a new kind of speed. Maybe they can get Adam Gase. Who knows? Oh, God. Oh, God. I might I might rather have Urban Meyer than Adam Gase. To oh, be God. Jace, All right, Jace, take us home. up. Oh, yeah, so I'll, I'll uh, introduce what we got here. We got some playoff start-sit decisions. Things are getting hairy out here. Chase, we need you know. your bust. We need your oh, bust. Oh, sorry. I got lost in the snake right there. All right. Bust of the week. This is – I got two guys here. I feel like we've been switching it up. Max did um, some defenses for his boom. I got two guys here, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Just been stinking it up lately. Over the last three games, this is what these two guys have combined for. 
15 catches, 190 yards. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing, Denver? Throw the ball to them, man. But, no, I, I kid around because they're doing pretty good things, running the rock, man. Like, Melvin Gordon looks really good out there. Javonta obviously looks really good out there. So, basically, I don't think this is going to change. I think they're going to keep doing what they got to do. They don't trust uh, Teddy Bridgewater. They don't want to have to bring Drew Locke into the game. They want to be as conservative as possible, let their defense play, run the rock, take time off the clock, and I, I really don't think they're going to change. So, they got Cincinnati, Vegas, and the Chargers coming up. The Vegas and Chargers matchup, that's just like absolutely disgusting to me. I, I'm i just really trying to find ways to put them on my bench at this point um, just for the playoff run if they help you get there. I mean, if you're relying on them, it's very likely that they didn't help you get there. So if for whatever reason you got them on your bench, I would try to keep them there unless you're absolutely forced to do it. And But I will say this, moving forward, I want to take in Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. I will be buying both of these guys in hopes that one of these elite quarterbacks lands over there. Give me the lottery ticket because if some, one of those quarterbacks lands over there, I mean, mystery box, the, dude, mystery <laughs> box. I feel like the the wide receiver landscape would completely shift, and you have names in the top ten that you've never seen before. So, um, yeah. give me the upside in the off season. But for now, boy, am I down on them. You couldn't couldn't have said it any better myself. I love the mystery box. I really don't think Denver's going to settle and be a mediocre team. I think they go out, they get Wilson, they get Rodgers, they get Watson. They get somebody. I really do believe that. Um, but for right now, these guys belong nowhere near your starting lineup. Like, I'd rather start Robbie Anderson over these both of these guys. I mean, it's pretty bad. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, Kenny maybe. Kenny Pickett. Dude, uh, I'll take it. We'll talk about it later, but I really don't think he has a bright future in the NFL as of right now. I'll break down his film and all of us, you know, this is just a plug for our offseason program that we're going to have going on. We're going to break down a lot of these first round picks uh, individually. I wouldn't say individual episodes, but kind of categorizing a couple of these guys and really going in depth on their film. Uh, And then we'll do positional ranks for the rookie drafts as well. But yeah, I I have no idea which way is up with that offense, but I would buy an Alabama wide receiver. And Jerry Judy, just seeing what he did in college, knowing his ability, we can only hope he can get unleashed by a good quarterback. Ask Odell, free Odell. He looks good. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I said it. I know. Don't cut it out. Don't cut it out. I said it. Just make that our whole episode, Jace. Matt Stafford, (laughs) Matt Stafford and Sean McVay have made Odell look good. Now that Robert Woods isn't out there to make it a larger share of the passing pie. Odell looked good. I don't, I'm not going to say he looks great. He looks good. You're coming around. Dude, not coming around. I've always been a realist. I'm an Odell realist. False. You said you'd rather have J.D. McKissick than Odell Buck. At that time, I would. J.D. McKissick is a baller. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to get into our playoff start set decisions really quick. And before we get into that, I wanted to say, give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Uh, You can DM us all your questions. We've had some dms come through been giving people lineup suggestions i know a couple of max's buddies from work have been asking them other other people throughout the twitter sphere have been responding to us so give us a follow over there got some great content all of our individual links are in the bio on twitter there as well uh and then follow us on apple pod follow us on spotify give us a like rating do whatever you got to do to uh spread it on maybe at your christmas meals coming up Christmas holiday yeah. cookie sessions, you know, build, you're building a snowman in the yard instead of talking about politics, you know, and just talk about our pod. Yeah, for sure. There you, go. you brought up uh, my one buddy from work, uh, Ian. He actually recommended this next section to us. So big shout out. Yeah, uh, Peter, kick us off in this next section here, man. Yeah, shout out Ian. But our first one that was submitted to us, we have Zeke Elliott, who has not looked the best. Let's put it like that against the Giants or the flaming hot Rashad Penny against the Rams. And and I know where my money's at between the two of these guys. Considering we both at? always say, uh, sit, uh, what do you, what do we say? Start your studs, start your stars, mm-hmm. whatever one you want to say. Play your best players, start your Play studs. your best players, whatever it is. I'm starting Ezekiel Elliott. If I go out and I lose because Zeke has a bad game, so be it. But if I go out, and I try to be the smartest guy in the room and start Rashad Penny, and he puts up a bad game, you're not going to be able to live with yourself. I think Zeke's the better option, even 
we're not even going against them. We should we should make merch that says not Kyle Shanahan on it. Because that's what I am. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not gonna try to be the smartest guy in the room like Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan. Give me yeah, Zeke. Th- this one is so tempting for me. Just like if I had personally, if I had Zeke and Pollard on my team, if Pollard was healthy over the last three weeks, I would have been starting him over Zeke. That's just kind of like I Zeke looks so slow out there and he's just limping around the field. Like that knee is obviously bothering him. Tony Pollard is due back this week. They're expecting him back this week. I'm, I'm so worried, but I feel like, I feel like Dallas is due for a little bit of a bounce back, like letting that game get out of hand of the way it did. And I feel like the defense won that game and Dak and the company, Dak and company did not win that game by any means. So I feel like there's a big rebound game coming for the Cowboys in general. So give me Zeke because I said, start your studs, but like I'm like 51 49 on that one. Wow. All right. What else we, got? we got a hobbled DJ Moore with the lovely, lovely hamstring injury that every fantasy owner loves to look at against the number one passing defense in the NFL or Josh Reynolds for the Tennessee Titans against Arizona? I'll take Reynolds. I don't think DJ Moore plays, and I don't want anything to do with the Carolina offense right now. Yeah, I feel the same way. Just give me the upside with Reynolds. I don't think any of that is anywhere for DJ Moore. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. I don't think there's going to be any passing touchdowns against Buffalo. Um, But one thing I, I had to say really quick, there's no Tyron Smith for the Cowboys game, and the Cowboys have been straight up dog doo-doo when he's been out. Um, everyone on their offense is, is worse when he's out. So it's, it's so close, like a coin flip might be able to decide it for me. But yeah, anyways, give me Josh Reynolds. As, as tempting as DJ Moore has been this year, all jokes aside, you know, I, I just have no idea, man, with him because he has those weeks where he looks incredible and scores, you know, a touchdown and puts up like 85, 90 yards. But then again, he's got Cam Newton throwing him the ball. Uh, Sam Darnold not slated to return until, I believe, next week or the week after. Not like that's a big hoopla. (laughs) Um, Give me Reynolds. Give me Reynolds because I'm too scared of Buffalo. While they are down Tredavious White, I I just feel like that defense is going to come out and try to take somebody's head off after these two losses. Yeah, they just got mauled by Tampa. They're going to be mad. And, yeah, it's just gross. This this one's actually a start-sit decision I have in a 14-man PPR league. I am the sixth seed, and I will be starting Juicy St. Brown and Josh Reynolds in the same lineup. So that speaks to how better, uh, how Robin – What do you say, yeah. man? Like, come on, there's got to be better. Josh Palmer? No, Josh Palmer? There's really no one better in a, in, on the waivers, like at a flex spot. Dude, the waiver wire is abs- – there's Kendrick Bourne who's sitting out there. Ooh. Gabe I'm Davis. have to scoop him up if you don't say something real quick. He was – I have the number one priority. I was thinking about wasting Ooh. on him. But Gabe Davis is out there. I don't know. He's been getting a lot of red zone work. Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin's really good. That's the only thing that scares me. Yeah. I Like, it's it's so bad out there. And, like, I, like, I feel like Detroit's going to be chasing a ton of points. And, like – uh, they got to be thrown in that one. Target's got to go somewhere. Reynolds has got a decent connection, so maybe he finds his way into a 50-yard touchdown. I don't know, man. It's it's tough out here. It's really slim pickings out there. Kendrick Bourne, he's touchdown dependent. I like Bourne. I like Bourne like a lot too, against Detroit, his... right? No, 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 no. no, no, no. This week's against uh, Indianapolis. Well, he plays yeah, on was... Saturday, and he's barely been playing over 50% of the snaps. Like he scores great. If not, you're only getting like, I know <sighs> that's going to be another ground football. and pound game between the two teams. Which Mac only throws it five more times. Or uh, I, more I wouldn't times. doubt it. I really wouldn't doubt it. All right. We're going to move into our next one. Uh, we have Russell Gage and Jerry Judy. Oh boy. This is another good one. I'll, I'll take Russell Gage. I I, I, don't, I really don't want anything to do with Jerry Judy. Yeah, I feel the same way. Russell Gage, like, he's become a pretty nice security blanket over the last few weeks. I know Kyle Pitts kind of had his game last week. 
um, kind of taken away at some of Gage's snaps. But he's got San Francisco. Their secondary's banged up. Um, Jerry Judy's he's matched up with Cincinnati, which could be nice. But like I just I really don't trust that passing offense whatsoever. So give me Gage. He's got Matt Ryan. He's yeah, it's whatever. Oh yeah, give me Gage 100. I'm with you on that. All right, we got two more. Uh, we have Van Jefferson or Cole Beasley. I actually need to know this one. I help my dad out with his league a little bit, and this is a big decision we have. And by the way, this league is quarter point PPR. Mm. Give me Van Jefferson, hundred percent. I'm going to take Beasley. I really think Beasley's due for a touchdown. He hasn't scored in forever, but if Odell does miss time and is out, is he like confirmed out this week? I don't I believe know it's kind of like the Keenan Allen thing where it's highly unlikely, but he could po- test positive twice in that, two 24 hour. Or, if that's yeah. the case, I'll take Van. I'll take Van Jefferson 100%. Yeah, Van's look good, man. I love Van. He scored a lot, too much almost. Well, he's another one where he had two receptions against the Cardinals. Like, come on. Yeah, that, that's I, so bad. And one was a 50 yard touchdown. Like, if he doesn't have that, he's blanking owners and they're, they're screaming at him. So yeah. I think it's a little bit more of a complicated issue than a lot of us think. Uh, Van's always been a touchdown or bust guy, like one of those deep shot touchdowns or bust, and that's always what you're going to be chasing. Uh, who do the Rams have? And the Bills have Carolina, right? Yeah. Who do the Rams have? The Rams have Seattle, I believe. Yeah, Seattle. They're at home. I'll the take Van I... for the specific reason that that Seattle defense is dog water. Yeah. I, the one thing I will say, like you said, he was a little bit touchdown or bust. That's definitely the case. But last week, this most previous week at Arizona, who's been tough against wide receivers, he only saw three targets and only had the two catches. But the two weeks prior, eight targets and nine targets. So if Odell's going to be missing and he's got a shot at six to nine targets, like nice. But um, six to nine targets, that'd be that'd be awesome. And, you know, that Rams – that Rams offense, like they gotta, they gotta pass to win. I feel like they're finding that out now. Sony Michelle, like these guys look all right, but at the end of the day, when they're winning, it's on the back of Matt Stafford in the passing game. So, give me that upside. Bring us home, Peter. All right, last one. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface this before I say it. Anytime I talk to Max and I have vested interest, I always try to give him the best advice because at the end of the day, our podcast and our friendship is more important than telling a guy to start the wrong person. Big facts. So this is mine. I would appreciate the your, your honest truth answer of who I should start. But if you don't give it to me or can't give it to me, I, I appreciate that more than a, than a lie. <laughs> I'll give you who I'd actually start. Sure. All right. We have a flex decision in our biggest dynasty league. I have DJ Moore, Dallas Goddard, or Michael Carter off that injury. I also have Allen Robinson, but he is out of contention after the stinker he put up this week. <laughs> I want nothing to do with Allen Robinson. Um, if I'm Peter, I would start Dallas Goddard. I I, I think that's going to have to be the move, double tight end. It's kind of bold, but you're not going to start a hurt DJ Moore, and you're not going to start a hurt Michael Carter. Dallas Goddard, you're hoping he can continue his touchdown streak, but he's looked good. I mean, even you said he gets like – a third of that passing pie, three catches for 60 yards, nine points. He finds a touchdown. You get him to 15. So I think his ceiling is like 15, but I think it's a higher ceiling than the others. Yeah, give me Dallas Goddard. Um, one thing that I'd be looking out for, Jalen Hurts coming off that ankle injury. Maybe we see him run a little bit less. Maybe he gets knocked out of this game and Gardner comes back in, who is obviously fantastic for Goddard, who went six for six and 105 yards and two touchdowns against the Jets, which, you know, it's the Jets matchup. But they got Washington, um, their best up against the run, not against the pass. So I think Goddard, lock him in, baby. I I, I would be going double tight end, and uh, I'd be proud of it. All right. That's going to do it for the show. Before we end it off, I do have a quote for the playoffs that I did want to share. We're going to bring quotes back, quote from a fellow monarch. All right, and this one, this quote is going to be from uh, my favorite video game series, but it's actually from a novel. It's called The Last Wish. Uh, It's from The Witcher. Geralt is a a monster slayer, and that's his whole thing. And and I'm coming up against a monster this week in Max's team. His team's really good. So I'm saying evil is evil, 
lesser, greater, middling makes no difference. The degree is arbitrary. The, def- the definition's blurred. If I'm to choose between one evil and another, I'd choose neither at all. So that's what I'm doing this week in starting Dallas Goddard. I'm not choosing the evil of Michael Carter with his injury. I'm not going to choose the evil <laughs> of DJ Moore with his injury. I'm going to choose the good, the only good on my team. That's so good. I'm not going to choose between two evils for the potential to be good. I'm going to Just choose gonna the, with the consistent guy, even if he ends up blanking me this week that he had, you know, he blanked teams in the a couple of weeks ago. I'll know I made the sound right decision. No, I'm feeling this now. That was that the way you tied that quote into your decision. I I'm putting money on Dallas Goddard this weekend. I, I'm feeling this. You know, we do our manifestations. That didn't even need an ohm on that one. That was just, golly, give me give me some Dallas Goddard this weekend. Yeah, that that was well tied in, Peter. Um, I think you're a man of logic. I think that makes the most sense. I, I just don't see how you could start Michael Carter or DJ Moore, but I hope you, I hope your gut changes and that you start one of them. Lesser, greater, middling. I can't, <laughs> if I'm to choose between two evils, I'd choose neither Very or whatever nice the quote, the exact quote is, but Thank shout you. out Gerald Arivia, shout out Arthur Sapkowski, uh, the, the novelist uh, and shout out the fans coming into week one of the playoffs. Let's go. Look, do your due diligence throughout the week. Obviously, we come out on a Wednesday. A lot can change by then. Do your due diligence. Figure out a way. We're always one DM away if you have any questions or advice moving forward. Yeah, and if uh, if you choke out any playoff losses, it happens to every single one of us. It hurts. I mean, we put a lot of emotional investment into this game we play. You know, if you take a bad beat, DM the podcast. You know, shoot us a screenshot of the bad beat. We're here for you, man. Like th- that stuff sucks. I can share all kinds of bad stories to help make you feel better about your loss. So boys are always here for you. Always here for you. Good luck this week. Our advice is uh, just advice. So trust your gut and uh, I hope you win. Let's go. Thank you, Max. Peter. I'll take that. Accept <laughs> name, all right. Peace out, everyone. Good luck. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>